So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. I just want to start by saying thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Mohammed Ba. Mo, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 52 of Easy Conversations. Extremely excited, of course, to be back in studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? Uh, hope everyone's having a safe time right now. And I, can't, I know you're going to introduce our guest, but I can't wait to talk uh, Mandalorian Season 2 with him. So. Yes, sir. So a little sneak peek there. So yeah, yeah, for this episode, extremely excited to bring back now making his fifth appearance on the pod. The, the force is strong with this one and the man needs no introduction. The notorious D.I.G., my homie, Derek Gregoire. Say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to talking about all the exciting stuff that happened with Mando and uh, the future of Star Wars, which is looking bright. That's going to be a great discussion. So yeah, like Matt alluded to, we're going to be talking about the Smash Disney Plus series that has given us Star Wars fans a new hope for the future of this franchise. So The Mandalorian, which just came off the success of Season 1, had high expectations going into Season 2, which dropped last year and did not disappoint. What a show it was. And Derek, I'll throw it off to you first. What were your overall impressions on Season 2 of The Mandalorian? Wow, season two. I mean, what a ride. Um, started off a little slower than I may have liked, but once it picked up, like it just took off and went into hyperspeed. Uh, it, was, it was insane. It was everything that I wanted and everything I could have ever wanted and more. It just completely amazed me. Um, I haven't reacted to you know movies or shows in the way that I reacted to that uh, show, especially a couple of those episodes, um, you know, in a very long time made me feel like a kid again so there's definitely nothing wrong with that Matt, what about you what were your overall impressions of season two overall i think it was a phenomenal show one of the best of 2020 and i agree with derek like it didn't start off necessarily with like the fastest start but i i'm maybe in the minority but i like those filler episodes like episode one and two because it reminds it's like it has the same plot as like a, an old western you know I'm talking about the Marshall and the Passenger. It's just simple, but just like just great fun. Turn your brain off. There are some moments in Mandalorian season two, full chills throughout my body, goosebumps, like a better feeling than I did when I was in the theater watching the last few Star Wars movies. So, yeah. What about you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, it's the same for me as well. Like the start wasn't what I expected, but I still loved it all the same one of the longest episodes we got as well. And it set the tone for season two in that everything's bigger now. Like they're taking what was introduced in season one, expanding on it, giving us bigger action set pieces. And obviously as the season goes along, new characters getting introduced, old characters coming back, which I loved all of it. And filler episodes, for sure, there weren't as many. Still a few maybe. I liked the structure of the season as well a lot more that it was like we expected going into it more of a linear plot less one-off mini stories that were resolved in one episode like we saw in season one which worked perfectly for the first season but at least it season one ended introducing a larger plot that season two picked up and just ran with so I couldn't have asked for a better season personally and for jaw-dropping moments, you have to look no further than the finale, of course. Like, 
we can just dive right into that. Mm-hmm. The the reveal of Luke Skywalker, Derek and Matt, like what were your thoughts when you um, just saw the buildup of that episode? And we had already seen a few episodes prior that Grogu, not everyone's favorite name for Baby Yoda, but we got to move on, the, was in contact possibly with a Jedi when he was in that like um, portal, I guess, for uh, the majority of his um, scene in the episode was just like in contact with someone or something. So you kind of had to know maybe something was going to come in and save the day. Facing all those death troopers or dark troopers there at the end there, like we saw the struggle that Din had just dealing with one of them. And now you have this full army coming in at the end. So what were you, like, what did you think was going to happen at the end there? Well, obviously it was a wild episode just to begin with, like even leading up to that. That happened in like the last, I think, five minutes at the most. Um, but even leading up to the Luke Skywalker appearance, the episode itself was just wild. Um, the action scene with uh, with Moff Gideon and, and Din sparring, like that was, that was a sick scene for sure. Um, and then just, that was just the cherry on top of the cake. I remember like, I was, I was cautiously optimistic because i'm like oh one x-wing like who could that possibly be but then um the first thing i looked at was i want to see the droid in the back and it is tough to see obviously it's an astro droid but like it's hard to tell and it looked like r2 to me so again even more hope but then as soon as you see um like the gloved hand and green lightsaber that's when it just popped off and i loved it was such a subtle touch that the first time you actually see him with the lightsaber it's through like a camera so there was no color so still you didn't even know who it was it was so well done and then there was just that sick entrance um and he's just messing these guys up and then the the hallway scene too like that was just crazy i couldn't i was losing it the whole time and it was just amazing it was so well done um and they could have never topped that in my opinion that's the perfect ending to that season for sure yeah, that whole moment to me is one of the, it's a moment I seek every time watching a movie or a show. It's that where I forget the passage of time and anything else in life and I'm zeroed in 100% on what I'm watching on screen and that's what I felt those last like that last 8 minutes of that episode. And they like you just said with the camera, like they did a great way of building this like the build up to re- the reveal because I was I had I was so happy to seeing like, I didn't even know it was Luke till maybe the hand or even after, like, I wasn't even 100% sure. I was like, no, this can't, this, no way they're doing this. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I fell off my couch when I saw the, the face. So, yeah, Derek, I echo everything you said. It was just, it, like, brought me back to my childhood when I was watching, like, the, the original trilogy and, like, all those awesome moments. And I don't know, is that how you felt, Eric? Same thing. So one thing yeah. I noticed watching it as well was like when Grogu is watching through the little TV, like the monitor in the in the bridge, it's like he was all of us like as kids watching Luke just mess everyone up. And like on the black and white screen as well, like growing up, shout out to VCRs. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, th- I mean, I was blown away and I wasn't sure t- either. Like obviously the X-Wing, you kind of think, okay, like could be Luke, but... I thought it was Ahsoka at first, and then when you see, like, only the one lightsaber, you still don't see the color, so you're not sure. And then, to me, it was the glove and the, the green lightsaber for sure. But even at that, like, it wasn't until you see his face that I was, like, 100, obviously 100% sure at that point there. But, um, I don't know, that was just a crazy episode. What a finale. One of the best finales of all time, I think, of any show. The perfect ending for that season. We're going to get into what it 
tease up for future seasons of Mandalorian now there, but we can keep going on the season two, like about the new characters they introduced and the old ones that came in from other Star Wars um, content, like the Rebels and Clone Wars characters, like Ahsoka who came in, Bo-Katan. Derek, do you want to kick us off on that discussion, like how well they were portrayed on the screen and just what they mean to be injected into live-action Mandalorian? Yeah, well, I mean, Ahsoka Tano's episode is easily the second best episode um, of of the season. Um, it's very, very close for me with being on par to that last episode, but with the Luke Skywalker reveal, it, it, it does inch ahead. Um, but Ahsoka's episode was just everything that I hoped for. Again, like, action uh, from the beginning of the episode, like, it was clear that there was no messing around this time. They weren't building anything. They were just throwing you right into the action. And uh, this scene that they filmed in the forest with the fog, the white lightsabers looked amazing. Um, the, the way that they sounded, too, was excellent and spot on. Um, the casting of Rosario Dawson, spot on. She did such a good job embodying a character that already existed, but at the same time uh, played her in a more mature fashion because obviously she is older and kind of threw her own spin on it, too. But she was so easily recognizable to me. Um, you know, from the way that she played the character, um, especially in the one scene when she meets Din for the first time, when they're fighting, um, she gives that little smirk before she jumps over that log, if you know what I mean. When he ties her up with the little thing, she gives a little smirk. That's just very Ahsoka esque to me. Cause she's just like, uh, she has those quips and she's just funny. And then it was a great episode too because of them introducing a bunch of different things with Grogu too. So that's another thing that I loved. They didn't just put her in there to make it cool it was cool but it also served a purpose for the larger picture of the show so that was something that was really well done for me Bo-Katan dope episode as well really cool entrance um I like that they again they set up future things or future plot points um with the introduction of Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians but they also um progressed the character development of the main character the Mandalorian um, just by, you know, making it clear, answering one of the big questions that I had, you know, why does he never take off his helmet as opposed to, you know, the other Mandalorians that always do, um, or that for the most part do. So overall, like the introduction of the old characters to the live action screen was great. I hope that they continue to do it. Um, you know, hopefully we see some more familiar characters. Um, and I just hope that it's done well in the sense that it serves the plot. So well said, Derek, uh, I don't. I agree with everything you said about Ahsoka, like aesthetically wise, like the look and how she acted. And yes, those two episodes, like the Jedi and the episode with Bo-Katan, like those are going to be, they, they threw us some ideas there that are going to show up later on. Like they're just like laying the blueprints basically in those episodes. And I love when they do that. And then they'll come back to it because the Jedi episode, they probably said they've story wise, they've said so much there that we was a blind spot for us. Bo-Katan's look though I, I absolutely love her look like in like in all her uh, iterations and also well actually I want Eric's thoughts on those characters first because I just wanted to get into Boba but uh, okay yeah well no, we'll get there for sure but no I like okay, what you said okay. like they're laying the foundation like yeah. brick by brick just slowly mm -hmm. setting everything up for the, the universe that they've uh, curated with or started with the Mandalorian Agree on Ahsoka, like, I'm not going to add much to it there. Like you said, Derek, she's much wiser now. Like, this is exactly where I picture her in her development over the years. Like, you've seen her from Reckless Snips as Anakin's uh, pupil to now. And even in Rebels, she's much wiser, right? And it only makes sense 
stands to reason that by now, like five years after Return of the Jedi, she's even more in control and it would be a Jedi Master, right? But she's not a Jedi per se. But Bo-Katan, for sure, I love that episode for me. Like, that's where the season really started. Like, I love the first episode. Second one definitely felt filler, but still enjoyable. But three is, like like you said, Derek, you see some other Mandalorians, different ideologies being thrown around out there. And that's a big thing that was present all season for me, was, like, the um, development in Din's shift in ideology. By the end of the season, he's taken off his uh, helmet look to see what what that'll do for him in future seasons like is he gonna wear his mask as much going forward I don't know and I do like that he kind of sacrificed that identity for a greater good which was to save Grogu right like he had to adapt in order to save his child essentially otherwise they never would have gotten the location of Moff Gideon's ship or freighter and uh, then who knows where we'd be so I am um, definitely like like the ideas that are introduced in that episode and then just some awesome action scenes um katie sackhoff must be a dream come true for her to portray the character she's voiced over the years in clone wars and rebels so it's just awesome done to perfection alongside ahsoka hit it out of the park on both accounts so yeah i know for those two characters and like those would be my thoughts are obviously ahsoka derek you went into great details there so i'm not going to just add on more to that there but no great stuff and the Jedi episode was my favorite until the, the finale. And then, of course, Boba Fett's episode. So we can just dive right into that, I guess. Episode 6 was fantastic. Loved his return. His action sequence was... He, he, he got his just desserts and he was done justice in that yeah. episode where he really got to mess up stormtroopers with his staff there. Whatever kind of martial arts he was uh, showcasing was unreal cracking skulls and then when he gets to throw on the suit it's just the cherry on top and it's what we want to see right you don't just want to see him like whipping that deck stick around there and just messing them <laughs> up there you want to see him like in the suit using all of its um like gadgets and stuff and yeah. when he fires that rocket off that's like the real <laughs> cherry on top that was unreal so love that and i'm super pumped that they brought him back actually that was my call that at the end of season one of mandalorian Boba Fett would come back. We do see him, like you see him walk up to Fennec Shand in episode six, five or six in season one. And then he does show up at the end of episode one. So I was off by a little bit, but knew he was coming back. Like, as we know in Star Wars, no one's ever really gone for better or worse. But I'm happy they brought him back. Because like as a kid, Boba Fett was one of my favorite characters, even though he almost does nothing in the original trilogy. He's just so cool. And he has a cult following for a reason. He's just a badass. And the mythology around him, like we know next to nothing about him, but we're just drawn to him because he's such a cool character. So super pumped he's back. Love the um like the rusted armor and the new look like fresh armor that he comes out with in episode seven thought it was unreal you guys what were your thoughts on boba fett coming back it was good because you know if you think about it he's the first mandalorian that we that existed in star wars right if you look at the original trilogy he kind of popped up first and he kind of got uh done dirty if you will um falling into the sarlacc <laughs> pit um, courtesy of Luke Skywalker, but um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, if you would have asked them after that movie, if you would have wanted to see more Boba Fett, of course people would have said yes because he was cool, right? He was unique. Um, so it's just nice to see that the sh- a show now that is based 
on Mandalorians is paying homage to the original Mandalorian by bringing him back and giving him some really cool scenes. Um, he's got a cool sidekick. Uh, Fennec Shand is definitely dope. Um, but then also he kind of is, is showing Mando the ropes on how to be, you know, a new kind of Mandalorian in a sense. So um, he's definitely an interesting character and uh, kind of segues, I guess, into what he's going to be doing next. But um, I definitely want to see more Boba Fett, especially because he's just a badass in general. So um, the only complaint I have is that he doesn't have his original blaster. Um, but hopefully we can see that pop up tough to come across i guess these days yeah i'm just gonna add a couple of things you guys hadn't mentioned is i love seeing boba's like ship the Sl- uh, slav one i think you how you say it and like that little like bomb we saw in attack of the clones coming back and just the, the that callback was sweet to me yeah then the, even the same sound i don't know if can you make the sound here <laughs> no pressure burn <laughs> is that all right <laughs> that was good Anyways, just put uh, on the also... spot here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and then Boba. Also, what Derek, what you said, like how he's te- you're showing Mando like a different like side of things. Uh, I have, I found that whole season Mando evolved so much, and I loved it. And the uh, last thing I wanted to mention was um, uh, episode in episode seven, or oh, Bill Burr's character, and I forget his name for some reason. Uh, Mayfield. Mayfield, yes. Migs Mayfield, I believe. Like we were talking, we're talking about episode five, six, and then the finale. But episode seven, which is kind of a filler, they're just trying to get the information to get to Moth Moth Gideon. But I I love that episode where it's I think Mando's gone from like he's he he's acknowledged that he's gonna have to like live a different way, and by him taking off his mask, like he did in the last two episodes, and I honestly think we're gonna see more of that in the next season and it is my belief like for a marketing like you're casting pedro pascal as din like you want i think they're gonna want to show him more like on screen as his acting chops and his ability like i really truly think we're just gonna see more of that of pedro's face and it's like for marketing reasons and like to make the show more emotional not not to say he's not a bad actor. Like you can see the acting through the mask, but I, I find that we're gonna go into a more direction where there's more emotion and stuff like that. I'd like to see that, and like that's yeah. kind of what I thought at the end of season one, two, where he does take his mask off the first time in front of IG there. So not the same as in front of like other humans. But I definitely hope they go down that direction. And the one scene in the finale that he does take his mask off, like talk about a tearjerker, is <laughs> busting out oh. the tissues. That one, Jesus boys but yeah no, it was um definitely some good acting chops on display and like we've seen him in game of thrones he's had a bunch of roles since then right yeah. has led into mandalorian so yeah I, I think they're gonna go down that direction like from a marketing standpoint it's, the mask is cool it's a cool look for him but Django took his off and still look cool so it's, you know <laughs> among others but i think so Ooh. too sorry you thanks for bringing up Django, eric I think a lot of people like Boba Fett because they saw Django in Attack of the Clones, and it's like, that's pretty much what Boba Fett probably was. Like, any scene we saw with Boba wasn't an action scene, but, like, when you see Django, you're like, well, that's what Boba Fett's like, too. Yeah. You know, pre-anything we've seen in Mando Season 2. Like, to be honest, Django is cooler than Boba Fett because we see Django in action. One of my favorite scenes of all time, Attack of the Clones. When I was a kid, I lost it in the theaters of that scene. Both yeah. times I saw it the same day. But, the same uh, day, wow. 
that's the only time that's ever happened but yeah <laughs> love that's that awesome. scene yeah no for sure that was a great scene the thing about Django, like you said is is full of action like most of the scenes that he was in were action-packed where he was just sparring with obi-wan so um it was cool to see now Boba be able to step into those shoes and uh, and get his own uh, really good action scenes because aside from, you know, episode six for about two minutes, I don't think you see him do anything else really, um, even action-wise. So I don't even know if he got to fire a blaster bolt or not. So, uh, yeah, it's just good to see him get his, his spot. It's good to see him do well and just, like, you know, even further to that, get his own show. So it's definitely good for the actor um, and good for the character too. So before we do dive into like the Boba show and all the other Star Wars shows, we can talk about season three of Mandalorian, what we can expect from that. I think we're going to go, I want to see anyways, the Mandalore universe and planets explored more because we've never seen them in live action. We have seen them in the Clone Wars and Rebels series, and those are some of the best arcs, as we all know, Um, especially with Maul and Mandalore, but that's not going to happen. But I think now with what's been teed up at the end of season two with the Darksaber, Din taking it on now, handing it over to Bo-Katan, unable to accept it, a Daenerys Jon Snow situation where he never wanted the throne, but he has to reluctantly maybe take on these responsibilities. I don't know. What do you guys think? Because you can maybe speak on the role of the Darksaber more. Yeah, so like the Darksaber, basically it has to be one... uh by combat right so if you look at maul had it previously um back in the clone wars but basically if you're going to rule mandalore you need to have the dark saber that's just one of the things that you need to unite the mandalorian people um it has a sort of power to it that um you know other weapons don't really have it, it unites the people um and basically the reason why uh, Bo-Katan was not successful in ruling Mandalore previously is because it was just given to her by Sabine Wren you know she didn't win it rightfully last time um you know she's clearly learned her lesson because she was uh, spurned by some people on Mandalore for that and they they were not united and they fell to the empire so um I think that this time around she's kind of had her ego checked in that regard and she does you know want to do the right thing in this scenario just to uh you know, to do what's right by, I guess, the Mandalorian code, right? Like, that's the ultimate rule is the Darksaber has to be won by combat. So um, that'll be an interesting power struggle to see how that goes. Um, no offense to Bo-Katan, but I don't think she's beating Din uh, in a fight. So uh, I think she's got her work cut out for her there. Hopefully she can kind of, you know, step into her role in that regard. And hopefully Din does actually, you know, and like you said, not pull a Jon Snow and, and grow into into a leader because now that Grogu's gone like what's he going to funnel all his energy into right so he's going to have to figure out what he's going to do and I think that being the leader of Mandalore is definitely not a bad gig so we'll see it'll be interesting I have a couple a couple thoughts first I would like season three to move away from the western template that it had from the first two seasons and move more into a Game of Thrones-esque political power play you know civil war type show which will it'll make it more complicated, but I think they just need to take their time and explain things and people will be on board. I mean, they've got people hooked after season one and two, so I don't think that'll be an issue of captivating the audience again. I just really feel like there's a lot like there's a lot of meat there and power like I, who doesn't like a power like Game of Thrones was Game of Thrones because of that reason. Just all like the all the political power plays basically. You know, mirrors 
our history history of the world basically but i ha- i just had a thought when derek was talking like what do you guys think of do you think in season three we're going to get any sort of like flashbacks into din's past as maybe like a young adult or something or explaining maybe where he's from more do you guys have do you guys think that could happen i don't know we haven't really seen much other than when he was rescued by the Mandalorians. We haven't really seen much of his past other than that at all, really. So I'm not sure. And yeah, I mean, those would be my thoughts. Would you like to see it, though? Would you like to see it? Uh, Probably not. But yeah. Yeah, so. no love. I'd be okay with just moving forward with him as a ruler. Like Derek said, funnel his energy into something else. Like, you know, I can't be a father anymore. Nah, might as well rule Mandalore. <laughs> like, natural segue. But right. um, I, I want to see his development even more now, less so in the past, because I don't really know what that's going to help develop going forward. Maybe him as a, like, having been a leader earlier in his life, like, he, I don't know. I don't really know okay. what they would do with that. But, I mean, I'm sure if they do give us flashbacks, it'll be tastefully done and we'll help uh, move the plot forward so if there's any past action i want to see like flashbacks would be how moff gideon got the dark saber derek what about you yeah i mean i don't know they could definitely do flashbacks if they wanted to um it could be a way to introduce a character um you know let's say that mando had someone who was important to him in his past maybe somebody who was kind of like a father figure um they could introduce that person um just it's just a fresh character that you would have that actually is a father figure um, the other thing they could do as well, which might be a little messy, so I hope they don't go this route, but is introduce some kind of like actual parentage. So like where he actually comes from, um, you know, we know that with the sequel trilogy, they attempted to do, um, you know, the parent game there <laughs> um, and that didn't really go so well. So I hope that they don't uh, they don't go that route. Um, I just hope that, you know, if they do it, that there's a reason for it. It's not just to say, oh, hey, guys, let's start off the season with a, a meaningless flashback just to throw in like a cool action scene or something, which, you know, so far in this show, um, even though there is a lot of action, I feel like the action is, is well placed and that it does help further the plot for the most part. Um, apart from a couple of our filler episodes, when you see the action in the plot heavy um, episodes, there's a reason for it. Right. So, um We'll see. They could do something like that for sure. I definitely wouldn't hate it. You know, there's nothing wrong with fleshing out the background of your characters uh, a little bit more, um, especially for a guy like uh, Din, who's so mysterious um, and you don't really know too much about him. Um, you know, even if it's just saying where he's from, like what planet he's from, because I don't even know if we really know that yet. Um, whether that planet was identified or if that's even where he was actually born. That stuff's just kind of cool to know to, to, to kind of fully immerse yourself in the universe when you know the answers to those questions. So. Could be interesting for sure. Season three and, finale, it's yeah. like Din, you're a jinn. <laughs> Qui Gon's long lost son. <laughs> Din Jin. That's, That's rough. so random. That's I'm awesome. To think of older characters. <laughs> but. Can can we also just all agree though? Like I just had this thought. The action in The Mandalorian is so realistic, and I mean realistic to the world it's representing. Like yes, it's not to us it's not realistic but like when you're watching it, you're like yeah i could believe he could do all of this and like the stunt coordination is amazing like the his fight with moff gideon super well done you know it's not too fast we can follow everything that's happening it's not quick edits like galore where like jason Bourne, like a Bourne movie you can see what's going on and i just i love like 
the physics in the world works to me like when I'm watching the fight scenes or when they're flying on their jet. Like, I don't know. I just, the production value in the show is just unreal is what I'm trying to get to. Just thought I'd like shout that out. It's authentic and it's believable, right? Like going yeah. back to Moff Gideon, that guy is, uh, he's up there in age. I don't know. He's probably late sixties or something like that. Early seventies, maybe even yeah. like he's up there in age, but that's him the whole time in that scene. Who's hacking away at, uh, at Mando. I, I read an article about him breaking like something like 70 props of the dark saber while they were filming that scene. So, um, <laughs> the guy was invested and it definitely paid off. Like you could, you could feel the emotion in the acting and it was, it was so well done and that just made it that much better. Um, it was something that was so long uh, awaited. They teased that for mm-hmm. like almost a whole, well, a whole season basically, because uh, they met at the end of season one. But they teased it for a whole season, and they finally got to cross blades, and uh, it was just so cool to see. And the dark saber looked fantastic too. I would definitely recommend mm-hmm. watching the gallery for the Mandalorian, which is on Disney Plus, like a behind the scenes documentary kind of of how they shot everything and like the production design and everything super cool and like yeah he broke like like you said Derek like 70 dark sabers and he's snapping in those rehearsals and you love to see it right an actor who actually does his own stunts and uh, up there in age as well so recommend that for sure so yeah I mean first back to what you said earlier though Matt like the political landscape of Mandalore I would love to see and like we've said earlier as well they could introduce old or bring back into the fold live action characters from rebels like Sabine Wren, who is still alive at the end of Return of the Jedi, right? As we see in the epilogue in Rebels. We could even see like maybe, because there would need to be some sort of villainous entity. So maybe um, a son in the Gar Saxon line of uh, lineage. So I'm int- I would love to see that story told because other than that, I don't really have anything that I, I see happening for season three. Like, I don't think we're going to see some Grogu. He served his purpose. He was super, he was the MVP of season one, undisputed. Like, he drove the bus and then took a backseat role in season two, which I really enjoyed, where he would, nor- he came in a lot as like the saving grace and the savior for Mando in season one, which I don't even know if he saved Mando once in season two, that I, off the top of my head anyways. He was great not overdone in season two not to say that he was overdone or overused in season one but i like that it wasn't as much about him being the the star of the show more so being someone that din looked out for now that's gone let's see some political action baby you're totally right there with grogu like there's only really so much that they could do with that character because of the limitations that he have in being a child right so um like you said in season one he was a new character we wanted to see what he could do um, and really flexed at some points, but in season two, he took a back seat and well, he took a back seat in a lot of the action scenes, but he was much more important in terms of the actual plot. So his better, his character was almost better used in season two. Um, instead of just kind of getting Mando out of trouble, he kind of drove the story as well. So, um, I do hope that we do find out more about what happens with like, uh, Grogu now that he went off with Luke. Um, but that can be told, you know, in another in another story. I wouldn't mind seeing that in an animated series, honestly, just because of the fact that Mark Hamill is older now. Um, and the special effects were well done, for sure, to have him in there. But we only really got, you know, like 30 seconds of FaceTime with Luke. 
and it looked good but it didn't look amazing right like i wouldn't want to yeah. watch him like that for a whole sh- series or movie or whatever um that's why i think the animated series is definitely not a bad way to go if you look at the previous animated series those are that's some of the best star wars that we've ever seen so um you know if there's anything that could potentially redeem luke skywalker's character the hermit from the rise of, or from the last <laughs> jedi i think that potentially an animated show could do it because I know that if I got Grogu killed, I'd be one miserable ass dude too. So, um, but to bring it back, oh, there you go. Yeah. So to bring it back though to the the um, political drama point, like you said, that's some of the best shows that we've ever seen have that kind of um, you know slower paced, uh, negotiating, backstabbing type vibes. Um, and and Mandalore needs to make the live action uh, transition. It needs to be seen on on the big screen um, in the live action format. Um, it's a unique, unique place. If you've seen Clone Wars, you kind of see how the city is is set up or how the planet is set up. Um, and it would just be really cool to see that planet um, transition to the live action screen. And it would develop our character in ways that, you know, we would never would have imagined after seeing, you know, the first couple of episodes. You would have never thought that Mando could have ended up here. So it's awesome character progression, and I just hope that they continue uh, on the same length, on the same wavelength with that. Matt, any final thoughts for Season 3 Mando? Uh, my expectations are so high that I'm just going to have to lower them when the show comes. Like, I'm just going to have to be cautiously optimistic. And, like, I know in my heart I'll love it no matter what because I'm a Star I love Star Wars. Like, I always have this debate in my mind, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, because I love them both. But, like, I think Star Wars is edging Lord of the Rings out and is my favorite, like, created uni- fictional universe. I just love everything about it. Like, and I I mean, you know me, Eric. I'm not, like, I'm... When I watch movies or shows, I'm super not picky. I like most things I watch, so I know I'll love season three, and I'm just can't wait to see the direction they chose, basically. I'm looking forward to that the most. And we had high expectations going into season two, and they definitely delivered, and then some. So I, I think we're in good hands with, can't believe we've gone this long without mentioning these two goats, Dave Filoni and John Favreau's hands. The future of Star Wars is in very capable and knowledgeable hands. Mm-hmm. So now we can segue into the upcoming releases that have been announced. For um, like, There's a whole boatload of shows coming to Disney <laughs> Plus in the near future, and that seems to be the future of Star Wars is less film, more TV shows, and a limited series. So the first one that was announced po- in the post credit scene anyways, after the season finale of Mandalorian, was the Book of Boba Fett. So we can briefly get into this. We've already touched on Boba Fett's character. I'm excited for this show. As I already said, I'm a big Boba Fett guy. And I, I think that scene was unreal. I, I was expecting a little something to happen at the end because there was like nine minutes of credits and I knew that like there had to be something. So I'm glad I stuck around and watched that scene. Just him going to work and um, just clapping Bib Fortuna, who's grown into the role of gluttonous Jabba the Hutt replacement. <laughs> I, I did find that funny that you really do like become a product of your environment as the leader or the, um, the ruler of... Um, that crime syndicate. So now I want to see what Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are going to do as the now de facto rulers of that crime. Maybe the Hut syndicate. Who knows what their role is going to be. Is he, are they going to go on a killing spree to just gun down uh, other rulers or um, mob bosses? Who knows? It's going to have a mafia feel to this season, I think. And there, we could see some political 
uh, implications in there too, right? We've seen some of these crime syndicates in like Solo, um, a mention of the Pikes and um, one of the worst villains of all time in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> oh God, what's his name? Oh, the Paul Bettany's character? Yeah. I'm only, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that movie. No, one of the worst. Up there with director Krennic in my mind, but anyways. <laughs> Rogue One's good, but not a fan that. of Krennic. But anyway, so I'm excited for the Book of Boba Fett. I like Fennec Shand a lot. I think she was, um, like, I didn't care for her much in season one of Mando, but I thought she was much better in season two. And um, badass, a female character. So, yeah, I'm excited for that one. What about you guys? I want Book of Boba Fett to resemble, it has to resemble the movie Mad Max Fury Road. High octane energy with like chases on speeders and just like crazy looking gangsters like of all alien types and shapes and sizes and just like badassery, you know. And it can't be too long, one or two seasons. Short and sweet for sure. Like I don't want, there better not be any filler episodes in that show. Um, I don't, there doesn't need to be too much of a, of a plot just kind of something at least cohesive um, that resolves itself within at one season, I think six episodes, um, maybe eight episodes, something like that. Just like you said, a lot of, of octane, a high octane action, um, sort of like a, a gangster mafia feel like you guys have already said. Um, just give us a cool vibe with the character that we already love and I'll watch it, right? Like you said, with Star Wars, because the production value is so good, what I'm looking for is uniqueness. Um, and with something that's a limited season or a limited series like this, um, it definitely has to have a unique feel to it to kind of pay off. So, um, they have set up some cool things with the return to Tatooine. It's always a place that even though it's, you know, basically like a dead planet of sand, (laughs) cool stuff seems to happen there. Um, so I definitely don't hate it as much as Anakin might, but, um, I'm just glad to see again, Tatooine (laughs) happening again. There's some iconic things that have happened there and, uh, there's, I've got nothing but love for that planet. So give me more. And I agree. Like, I think one season, eh, not complaining if they do renew it for another one, but I think the book of Boba Fett indicates one season. I'd be very okay with that. Eight episodes for sure, though, not six. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be Christmas this year. Let's go. So we can move on to the next one. Huge one that I'm extremely pumped for, seeing as we saw this character return, make her live action debut, is now getting a limited series, hopefully multiple seasons, Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano is getting her own show. Very happy that she is because I wanted to see more of her in Mandalorian Season 2. I was a little disappointed that she didn't come back, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it worked out for the best that she was only in that one episode. Give us a little taste and then we'll get the full meal in her own show. So, super pumped for that. Again, that's another show that we could see some Rebels characters as well. Um, I think in name-dropping Grand Admiral Thrawn... That's a no-brainer. He's going to be in her show, which would lead also to Ezra being in that show as well, Ezra Bridger, who I kind of thought was going to be the Jedi at the end of the finale, Mm -hmm. but they didn't really tee up his character at all other than name-dropping Thrawn, and it would have been, like, it wouldn't have had the same, obviously not, same shock value as Luke, and not as rewarding because we don't, like, the... The regular viewer of the show wouldn't have known who Ezra Bridger is. So I think he deserves to be brought into the fold. Like, just better, I think. So, yeah. Those are my thoughts on Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka's going to be really interesting. What I'm looking for with this series is I want them to give her a good ending with this. And by good, I don't mean happy. I mean just, like, a well-done ending. We need some finality. Um, 
because if you look at you know further on down the line um, in the rise of skywalker she's presumably dead because she's one of the voices that uh, reaches out to ray at the end there so i mean i'm presuming she's she's dead um but i just hope that you know again they continue to build on her character she's got one of the longest arcs now um of all the characters in star wars and she's definitely one of my favorites um she was able to uh build off of you know anakin skywalker what they had already established with him and make him an even better character so um you know at this point she definitely deserves her own show um like you said with ezra um if he would have shown up nobody would have known who he was right so that's definitely not paying that mm. character his his proper dues and it would have just it wouldn't have it wouldn't have landed well with the casual viewership um he's not nearly as iconic as luke skywalker obviously so it'll be interesting to see you know how they introduce him obviously they have to at this point you're not dropping grand admiral Thrawn's name without dropping ezra in the show so um you know again I just hope that they do that well in the sense that when he does come into the show, he does contribute to the plot. Um, and then, you know, obviously they're going to square off against Thrawn. So, but like I said, I just want to see her get some kind of finality, some kind of ending, um, just to kind of lay her character to rest because, you know, she's been around for a really long time. And she's been through a lot of stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like if she crosses paths with luke as well because um you know luke is obviously anakin's son and uh you know at this point we don't know if we well we're, we'll presume that ahsoka doesn't know that anakin was redeemed in those final moments you know as far as most people in the galaxy are concerned anakin skywalker and darth vader are completely different people right so i mean obviously she knew because of the events of rebels but i don't know that she would have known that he was redeemed at the end and i just think that that would be a really nice moment to see between those two um so that's kind of my hopes for the show that last part is probably unlikely to happen but um in a perfect world in a perfect world that's what we'd get now the, the ahsoka show is one of the two shows i'm looking forward to the most and Ahsoka's pretty much my favorite character from the clone wars tv show like I wasn't sure about her at, in the, from the movie in the first season because she was a little annoying, but kind of like funny at the same time. But she, her character really matured in Clone Wars throughout the seasons. And I wouldn't mind in the Ahsoka show if they showed like either through flashbacks or, or just explanation like what she was doing during the events of like A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Like where she, where, what she's been doing. Like I wouldn't mind like what her, uh, like what her travel log's been like if, if I, if I say so, like what what she's been up to, so because there's so many blind spots in her in her timeline, and she has a like Derek said a huge timeline. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm super excited for that show. And it's interesting that you said that, Derek. That it could be safe to assume that she might die at the end of her show because we do hear her voice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure who would be able to kill her like could we see a Thrawn maybe kill her or like Inquisitors coming back mm -hmm. the First Order somehow like Snoke are we gonna see him in that show there's a lot of mm -hmm. unknowns and Good I question. love that that it's still gonna have ties to the sequel trilogy and gonna help build what that uh, trilogy came in with already established right so all these other shows are gonna help for that yeah I mean I'm super pumped for Ahsoka's show for sure. I hope she doesn't die, but as long as it's done correctly. And yeah, like you said, we could see Luke in there. I'd be super pumped to see Luke in there again. And then Grogu could be a, <laughs> there for the ride as well. So 
Um, and again, that's a show that Dave Filoni's show running, I believe. So it'll be done uh, very well for sure. Hopefully it goes for a couple of seasons. Do you guys think it'll just be a one season thing or no? I hope not. Honestly. Longer. Like, yeah, uh, three, five seasons. Yeah. Like there's definitely a lot of time there and it depends what they're going to kind of use as the, the plot for that show. Like you said, if they're going to go into some of like setting up some of the stuff from the sequel trilogy, then there's so much for them to use there, especially because Luke was, was very much removed from the picture, uh, presumably with his Jedi temple that he was running already. Um, and then with the fall of his Jedi temple as well. So he was pretty occupied. So you'd think that she's kind of more of like the renegade who's just kind of running through the galaxy. Um, kind of doing the right thing as she goes so um it'll be interesting to see what they go off of we really have no information so far just because it's so far or so early in in pre-production um but it'll be interesting to hear what they what they kind of want to do with that show the book is open they can really do whatever they want so with dave filoni uh running that show like i said we're in good hands so do your thing dave <laughs> any other thoughts on uh, ahsoka matt yeah, as as per her demise, I don't if she if she does die, I don't think I don't think one on one anybody could take her on. So I think it's gonna be like a Maul couldn't. You know, so yeah, like it's gonna be a death by like it won't be like a first hand death, you know. Be like a martyr almost. Something's gonna blow Star up. Or, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe her ship will explode. Yeah, you know, like uh, a lot of those Jedi's in Order sixty six were picked off that way, right? Like. They had no chance. They were in a cockpit. They're not gonna survive that, right? Ships. Oh, but she up. deserves yeah. a better death. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't really know what a good death for her would be. Yeah. That's Order sixty six. That's, yeah, that's done some tough. Jedi's dirty. Oh yeah. Some of <laughs> yeah. those deaths. Just oh. Revenge of the Sith like, in Plo general. Koon, Plo Koon. Plo Koon deserved better. Plo Koon. <laughs> What's the other All guy? All the Jedi anyway. that went though, up man. against Sidious. But anyways, that's another story. Yeah. He's done dirty. <laughs> But no, that's something that's going to be tough. So I don't know if they're even going to go down that road. Um, but if they do, like it better damn well be done well because you'll have one angry Star Wars fan if, you know, they do Ahsoka dirty. She could also just die, but like kind of like Luke did, right? Like give herself up to the force and just like welcome death with open arms. I'd potentially rather it be more Pevril like... brothers in Harry Potter. It needs to be more like when Kanan Jarrus sacrificed himself as opposed to when Luke Skywalker did. Because when Luke sacrificed himself, that was absolutely cheeseball in my eyes. I absolutely hated <laughs> what it. A terrible death. Terrible. Worst death, I think, in like that I can think of for you know the flagship character of a, of a franchise. Um, so Ahsoka definitely needs to um, get a much better death than that. So. We'll see, though. I don't think they'll go there, to be honest. We don't know, like, her species. I don't really know off the top of my head what their life expectancy is, too. So, you know, it could just be something similar to, like, with, with Yoda, where eventually, you know, she just kind of goes into a retreat and we don't even actually see her die. She just goes into her little hut and, and I'd be okay with that, too. But we just need some finality, for sure. Well, I think we can all agree that we don't want to see Ahsoka die, but if she does, let her go the Yoda way for sure. That's that'd be the best way to go. Just quick little power snooze and your force goes. So, so yeah, we can move on to the next show, which I don't think going into has as much hype as some of the other shows like Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, a few others we'll name later. So there's the Cassian Andor show called Andor, star of Rogue One, one of the stars of Rogue One. 
Um, I mean, I'm going to watch it, obviously, because it's Star Wars and I'm assuming it'll be done properly. But to me, it's like it's basically the WandaVision equivalent of the shows that Star Wars are rolling out now. And like WandaVision actually debuts tomorrow. So I'm super pumped for it. So maybe when the time comes, I'll be super pumped for Andor. Who knows? But right now, it's not one of the ones I'm super excited for. So what stories are we going to get with this character that we... I mean, like I said, stars of Rogue One. I don't really think many people loved Cassian Andor more than that. He's like a, a very poor man's Han Solo. Like a poor man's Poe Dameron. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's um, not, I don't think he's jumping on anybody's top 10 Star Wars characters list. So I don't really know what the creative decisions that were made got to the point where we want to show for this guy. But I mean, it's, it's, it's happening. So. That's my rundown on the show. You guys, what are your guys' thoughts on it? I think there's a reason why, because like you said, he's not really somebody who is super well received. So I think there's a, a clear objective that they have in mind with his show. Is it going to be the the initial steps of creating um, the Rebel Alliance? Is it just going to be to show what the galaxy was like during the rise of the Empire, which was relatively short? Um, is it just because they're like, hey, this guy's a spy, and we've never really made a spy show before, or something that is fully so- like focused on being like that espionage type uh, vibe? Perhaps it's definitely a cool opportunity for them to do something unique. Um, so it'll just be interesting to kind of see the, the way that the character is is written in Rogue One. It makes it seem like he's done some pretty um, uh, how would you say like suspicious stuff previously yeah. um, where Super he's not sketchy. exactly yeah he's not the greatest guy so I definitely like to see the darker side of that character to kind of flesh that out a little bit um, but again it's not something that they need to do more than a couple of seasons of but I'm a fan of that actually you know it's just building on it's building on things that you've already kind of created but then just you know fleshing those things out a little bit more with a little bit more detail while contributing to the larger scheme of, of Star Wars so who knows uh, potentially get a um, Moth, what is her name? Mon Mothma or whatever her name is. Maz Monta, yeah. <laughs> that lady. I'm sure she'll be in it too. She's like yeah. the leader of the Rebel Alliance. I, I'm spacing on her yeah, name, but anyways, you guys know what I'm talking about. The white dress. And we know with nothing the red about hair. her. Yeah, she's yeah. just some random lady yeah. who shows up. So, I mean, I don't know. Classic lines, though, in The New Hope. Yeah, like she's oh, got for some... sure. Yeah, she's definitely Famous a cool line, character, yeah. like similar to like a Boba Fett, where they're cool yeah. even though they're not in it for <laughs> okay. very long. No, in the sense Huge of like stretch. <laughs> no chill. It's just like they're, they're oh you know, they're cool God. in their original appearances, and you definitely like to see more of them. For sure, Boba Fett is more of a an A tier than she is. Um, but you know, who is this lady? Like, why is she the one that's like essentially funding the rebellion? Like, well, why is she the one that they put in charge? You know, those kind of questions yeah. are are something that's interesting to answer. So, I feel like it's gonna have a very 007 type vibe where he's just uh you know infiltrating and then exactly and doing that kind of stuff so it could be a, a cool th- a cool show for sure uh, but definitely not more than a couple seasons if that yeah just briefly i i'd like a one season espionage one season. 007 vibe with the backdrop of the rise of the empire so cool stuff that like like little easter eggs and like mm-hmm. characters that pop up and that's all i'd like i don't think we need to say more so yeah, the next one is definitely one that was extremely anticipated, announced earlier, axed, and then re-announced. So we're getting the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Super excited for that. One of my favorite characters. We're getting Ewan McGregor again to portray the iconic character. 
Hayden Christensen is back. This is like the ultimate redemption story for this guy <laughs> who has been through the ringer with Star Wars fans. I mean, I liked him as a kid, to be honest, as Anakin. I thought he was great, but people just constantly shit on him for episodes two and three, and now everyone's rooting for him to have this comeback. It's like he's the Tiger Woods of the Star Wars universe, so I'm super <laughs> pumped for him. And, yeah, yeah I mean, there was promised that we're going to get the rematch of the century between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Super pumped to see that. So, as far as what they're going to do with the show, it's set, I think, 15 years after Revenge of the Sith. So, Obi-Wan is still presumably on Tatooine overlooking a young Luke Skywalker's development as a teenager now. We might get a few, like, cameos of Luke, is what I would assume. But the show is not going to revolve around him. And I'm just interested to see what Obi-Wan's going to do. I don't think the show is going to take place entirely on Tatooine especially if there is a rematch between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader because you would think Darth Vader would sense that his son is on this plan or something. So I'm interested to see what they do with this show. What do you guys think? Matt, go out to you first. Like, What are you hoping to see in this show? Are you excited for it? I'm sure you are, but talk to me. What I'm hoping to see is... Only I don't want... I want Obi-Wan to be on Tatooine like maybe for one or two episodes. Like He's got to venture off and like... Ex- like they have they can show so many new planets and side quest adventures and but i want i want all those scenes to be paralleled with scenes with like hayden christensen and like what's going on with like darth vader like that would be a cool dynamic for me like i like game of thrones of have following two different storylines like scene like scene for scene like um and also i want to see more of like well like darth vader like his day-to-day i like to see day day-to-day activity stuff like just following him like what does he do all day what does he do like he doesn't just rest in that like bantha <laughs> tank all day right i don't know the cooling um, chamber him him scolding like officers or him like dishing out military plans because he's a brilliant strategist like you see anakin in full force in clone wars like he's super smart on the battlefield and he could use that to like take out like the 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 rebels and stuff like we could see him like be a badass even though where he's the bad guy we still root for him let's be honest yeah so those are some of the stuff i'd like to see yeah for me one of the big things that i want to see in this show is the opening needs to be strong and what i want to see in the opening is you know how obi-wan is is in his current state even though it's like a long time in the future after the events of revenge of the sith you have to think that that stuff still sticks with him. And I wouldn't actually mind seeing some flashbacks as well to, like, you know, fill in some of the gaps of that 15-year period. Like, we don't really see him get to react much to to process everything that happens in Revenge of the Sith because everything is moving so fast um, with, with the children being born at the end. So we don't really get to see him process that. And I think that that would be... There would be some value in there, especially with Ewan McGregor being such a great actor. I think he could really pull that off. Um, so it would be interesting to definitely see that. The other thing too, you, you're spot on. We need Vader. We need to see lots of Vader in this show. Um, I, I think that they wouldn't have casted Hayden in this show if they didn't intend to at least, you know, show him a fair amount. Um, but like you said, this is a time as well when, when Vader is in a, a specific emotional state as well, where like he just lost his wife. He thinks his children are dead too. Like that's something that sticks with you for a really long time as well. And we don't really get too much insight into, into Vader um, for most of uh, the original trilogy. 
just because he's very silent and mysterious. He doesn't really speak more than he has to. Um, so I wouldn't mind getting more insight into, you know, what's going on in his head because he is a very complex character who's not always, you know, as evil as they may seem or as evil as they may make him seem, you know, like he's more... Mm-hmm. I think victim's probably not the right word, but, you know, he's had some pretty shitty stuff happen to him his entire life, so I think his behavior's a little Tragic justified. Tragic hero, for sure. Tragic hero, for sure, yeah. Oh, 100%. So it would just be cool to see and, that more. Yeah. And let's, like, the, sh- the producers of this show have been handed the keys to, like, arguably one of the greatest fictional characters ever created, not just in Star Wars, but who does not recognize Darth Vader's, like, helmet? any even if you haven't seen any of the movies you know darth vader it's in pop culture so they gotta like they have to be aware of that and like not they have to do it right yeah that's, that's the thing the writers are just yeah. gonna have to be careful be sure not to choke on their aspiration <laughs> <In New Year. laughs> well said so i'm super pumped like like you said we need more vader like back and forth constantly that's one of the great things about television is that you can really flesh out a villain not that Vader needs to be fleshed out more, really. But who wouldn't want to see him like on the day to day for sure? And yeah, I'm I'm super pumped for the show, Derek. You had something? Yeah, we just need like more depth would be nice, you know, because we do really get like a, a surface kind of uh, view of what of what Vader is like. So it would be cool. Um, but you talked about Rogue One quickly there with that quote, which was well delivered. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> It was that's basically a teaser to what I want to see in in this show, right? Like Vader shows up a couple of times, delivers a couple of those lines, uh, throws a little chokehold real quick, um, but then at the end of the show or at the end of the movie, rather, he has that badass hallway scene. So that to me just kind of shows that okay, they can really do something so cool with this character in terms of the action scenes, and I need we need to see more of that. If we don't get something that's on par with that in this Obi Wan show, um, or you know even better than that when they actually face off then i'll be disappointed i think that that duel that they have needs to be long first of all i want it to be a nice long duel similar to revenge of the sith um but it's got to be a cool duel as well you got to take the 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 original duel that they had in a new hope and then the duel that they had in revenge of the sith and just kind of bring those two together um Mm. to to make some completely new thing which is going to be potentially the best duel we've seen in star wars right so wow well said better than those sequel trilogy trash battles that we saw (laughs) (laughs) couldn't help it hun Derek. you had to bring up those lightsaber battles i I couldn't help it man i couldn't for sure but that's one of the things we love the most of star wars right so i definitely agree like in a show like in obi-wan's show we need good lightsaber action ahsoka's show as well a few of the other ones down the road or one more anyways so definitely yeah that's what i want is like perfect comparable the hybrid of episode three and four for sure so i guess we can go into the next show that was announced which would be the rangers of the new republic which we don't know that much about again it's set i think in the same timeline as the mandalorian so five years after return of the jedi i'm um, cautiously optimistic about that show i'm sure it'll be good like we'll get some good space uh, dogfight action sequences a brand new slew of characters, what the plot will be, who knows. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I have on it, really. Nothing's really been announced, so what are you guys What are you guys looking forward to out of that show? For that show, um, it's interesting because another thing, and just quickly about the sequel trilogy that I think it lacked, was a really good space battle. 
Um, there was some points where there was some cool space battles with Kylo Ren and his TIE fighter. Um, but if you look at the um, prequel trilogy, um, especially like Revenge of the Sith and even Attack of the Clones, there was some really cool space battles. Um, and then obviously original trilogy, every movie basically ends with a space battle. So it's a huge part of Star Wars. Um, and I definitely would love to see something with the new technology that they have to see how they're going to be able to do that. Um, seeing those full-scale space battles um, or even just those dogfights, like, I, I think that's really cool. Again, it's a unique kind of feel that they can go for with a show that's more centered on that. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see, you know, how far they kind of go into it. Like, again, what's the point of the show? Is it just to make a cool show in terms of the feel? Or is it going to set up... Uh, or kind of flesh out some details of a time period that we don't really know too much about yet. So I'm hoping that there is some some plot points in there that does flesh out that time period so that we can kind of build off of what's missing um, with the sequel trilogy and that timeline, which is a plot, essentially. Not to jump in before you, Matt, quickly there. Like, I want to see some actual meaningful action. Like, I don't just want to see, and like, I'm not even joking. I want to see some stormtroopers hit their target. Yeah. Like, I don't just want to <laughs> see, like, Rangers of the New Republic yeah. just go to town on stormtroopers every single episode and it just be, like, some meaningless action. Like, maybe this show could have some political intrigue even. And I'm kind of thinking now to the budgets that they're going to have. I don't know what the scale of the space fighting sequences will be like what are they going to be able to produce that's another thing so it might even be like more of a ground like boots to the ground war zone series who knows anyways two two cents in matt what are your thoughts i i want the happy medium between the 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 space dog fighting and the filling in the gaps in the stories but truly the strength of the show is going to rest on whoever we're following whoever has the most screen time that main character we're going to get it's gonna rest on his like the strength of his character, or her. like meaning if, if he's a good character written like the story's got to be there. And if nobody cares about the main guy that we see on screen most Justin of the time, Justin Andor. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's a. It's I mean you're joking, but yeah, if and if he fails in in the Andor show, we're not gonna care. So that's why Star Wars is so great. It it has the best characters ever. So. It's gonna the strength of the show is gonna rest on our main character, and we have no clue who that is yet. So I guess it's safe to say we can move on to the next show. So the next one that was announced, which I'm super pumped for, building off their debut in the animated Clone Wars series season seven, also a fantastic show of 2020, The Bad Batch. So we're gonna be following this band of misfit uh, clone troopers who all have their own unique um, traits and skills. I'll have to rewatch their story arc in season seven before watching the show there, but I really enjoyed that uh, four episode arc and I'm looking forward to see what kind of struggles they have post order 66 now, because it's safe to assume that they won't conform and comply and join the empire. So I think they're still going to be like with the rebellion or the stand with the Republic or maybe just be rogue one. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in that show. So what are your guys' thoughts on uh, The Bad Batch? I'll quickly go. Like, I, I think the action in this show is going to be unreal because they have more freedom with the animation format. And, I th- like, if you wa- anybody watched that three-parter or four-parter to start season seven, four-parter, yeah. Um, that was amazing. I loved it. I love the military, any episode with clones and military, like tactics or maneuvers or little missions with Rex. Yeah. Amazing. And 
I think we're just going to get that, but like like a crazy Vietnam War movie-esque, platoon-esque, like camaraderie and band of brothers, you know, like they're all... And then we're going to... And people who haven't seen Clone Wars, like there's a lot more than just like flashy visuals and action. Like there's like... Yeah, the dialogue might sound cheesy, but there's a lot of good lessons in Clone Wars and like good... They say really... The dialogue, like the story is really good. The, the messages in the story, so... Um, yeah, those are my thoughts on Bad Batch. I, I'm very excited to watch it. Yeah, again, like like you said, and like we said before, it's something that has the chance to be super unique. It's um, even though we have seen Order sixty six happen on screen a couple of different times now in Revenge of the Sith, also at the end of uh, the Clone Wars, what we haven't seen is the immediate aftermath of what you know the Republic, which transitions into the Empire, what that really looks like. And for somebody like these guys in the Bad Batch that are kind of caught in the middle, um, you know, what, what are the, what's going to end up happening to them? Um, so it'll be interesting to see them just kind of being stuck behind enemy lines. It has, a, you know, the, the possibility to be very interesting to see how they do that. And it's just more Clone Wars-esque action, which, you know, some people like me and you, we love that kind of stuff. So, um, and well, all three of us for sure. Um <laughs> The animated shows for me are, are, are nothing but excellent, so um, I have no problems with them continuing that. Um, and those characters were cool, so um, they were a unique spin on, on the clones, which, you know, a clone is a copy of another person, so um, there was some really outside-the-box thinking there when they decided to make some unique clones, so it's cool. All in agreement, pumped for this show. Now for the next one, I think we're really pumped for this one because of what we just simply don't know around about it. And yeah, the element of mystery about this show. So it's called The Acolyte, which all we know going into it is that it's set in the High Republic era. Um, the first time we're going to see something completely outside of the Skywalker saga on screen. We'll see if it does have any implications for what happens in Phantom Menace. But I'm expecting it to not, but who knows. So yeah, The Acolyte, that's going to be a brand new slew of characters. Pumped to see what that show is all about. I know nothing about it. Um, Matt, Derek, do you guys have any um, insight on what we're going to see in the Acolyte? Or Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, an Acolyte is basically like um, a Padawan or a youngling type version of a Sith uh, apprentice. So it's somebody who's in their initial stages of becoming a Force user um, or the dark side, obviously. Um, so it'll be super interesting to see kind of who this acolyte is you know like what is their role going to be and like you said this is the introduction of the high republic era into star wars so the tone that they're going to set for that era i think is going to be a lot more grim than what we've previously seen with star wars because even the, the time of the empire is a very grim time but it's not really shown that way um you know with the way that the movies are, are done so this is kind of has the potential to be a lot darker than what we've previously seen in star wars and it's being marketed as kind of like a dark thriller um so it has the potential to be an excellent show um and i know that for me uh the dark side of the force is something that's super intriguing that we don't really get too much insight into usually you know they kind of plot in the background and then they eventually pop up and you know mess everyone up but this time around we'll get to see a little bit more of what happens in their process um so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that show i'm definitely looking forward to it other than obi-wan and ahsoka that one is is the next one on the list and it's very close behind because of the potential that it has and as we find out more about it it's just going to get more and more exciting Okay, that's awesome. 
yeah, and like that, I didn't know that, so that's unreal. I'm super pumped to see that. Like, and I love villains in cinema and TV shows, so that's definitely something that I'm gonna be super pumped to see now. And um, like maybe the conflict within the dark side, we've seen the conflict to turn from a character that like Anakin, for example. But now it'll be like a brand new character who I'm assuming is gonna start off as maybe or maybe not even be good. I'll right away be with the in the dark side basically going through the ringer and through their grueling testing to become an acolyte and we'll see if like i guess like the rule of two would maybe be first introduced in this series who knows so that'll be interesting to see for sure matt what are Mm -hmm. your uh, thoughts and hopes for the show derek said the key word there potential like to me this show has the most has a massive potential because it's it's pre-phantom pre-pre-pre-phantom menace like we've it's gonna it's gonna show us a whole new like design and like bat like it's not gonna have the same look as any of any of the other shows you know like costumes and the way people look and I'm just super excited because of that and this show has the potential to have like can branch off into so many different things like it can we can just have like a a more a broader idea of like the whole Star Wars timeline and the grand scale of things it's like it's diving into Star Wars's history basically. And, like, I'm a huge history buff in real life. Like, I love, like, looking at the past. And, you know, if those who make the mistakes of the past are doomed to repeat it. And, like, I'm sure Oof. these people in the past... Yeah, well, that's not... That's, like, Karl Marx who said that or something. Or It's a famous quote, but... I know. We're going to see the same stuff happening in the past. The same, like, mistakes and tragedies. But... And then we're going to be like, yeah, you see, history repeats itself. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're going to see some really cool stuff. Like, I have high expectations and I think they're going to be met. And it's it's diving into the unknown, and that's why I'm really really looking forward to this show. It has the potential to set up some crazy things too. Like it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what they do if they do decide to introduce some characters that did affect the prequel trilogy. Um, I'm thinking mainly Darth Plagueis the Wise, who had a long and unnatural life. Um, you know, <laughs> to me, how long is a long and unnatural life for someone like that? Um, is he already mm-hmm. around? Is he already spearheading, you know, the Sith advance? Like, what is going on there? So, it'll just be really cool to see. Um, we know that Yoda is alive in that time. So, um, Yoda was actually featured in the High Republic novel that was just released, which happens actually before this. So, uh, Yoda is already, um, you know, grown up and in his prime, essentially, at that point. So, um, even the Jedi wow. themselves are in their prime. So, I'm, I'm hoping one thing that I'm really hoping to see and I haven't uh, mentioned this yet um, is um, one of the OG Sith planets so something like Korriban I don't know if you guys are familiar with that planet it's something that um, more of an Exegol guy ah, God, <laughs> are you? <laughs> the one and only now Korriban is a planet that was introduced in um, the video games actually that they used to make back in the day when we were kids um, there's a Sith temple that is on Korriban um at that time that's the old republic so I don't know if that's even before this um but anyways I don't even know if that's canon anymore but it would just be cool to see something like a callback to you know the wider Star Wars universe that's become Star Wars Legends now with the acquisition of Disney there's all that material just sitting there um that you know some fans like me would just love to see kind of integrated into this new universe that they've created so they definitely have to have a cool feel to the planet that they that they're on um, for the Sith Temple. Um, 
potentially even Coruscant. I don't know because originally Coruscant yeah, was a Sith temple thinking. too. Maybe we'd see some Coruscant action, and maybe they'd frame the Jedi as the villains in this series, right? Like it's all a matter of point of views and perspectives. <laughs> And um, like maybe see like a Cobra Kai esque show where you're rooting for the bad guys in this one, right? So we'll see. I'm I'm definitely pumped for this show, and this show has what every any TV viewer wants: raw potential. So I'm super pumped to see that. <laughs> you forgot nice. Untapped, but that's okay. What? I believe it's raw, untapped potential, but I might be wrong there. I don't know. Raw, untamed power. Damn it, it is. I knew that I was missing something there. That was just a rush off the top, you know. It's an unpolished raw. That was good, though. Kind of like the sequel trilogy, (laughs) so it's okay. It's fitting. So, yeah, no, Acolyte, looking forward to it. Now that I know that that's a um, a Padawan, essentially, equivalent for a Sith. So, looking forward to seeing that on the screen. And now the last show that's been announced, not even show if it's a, not even sure if it's a show or if it's a movie. It's the standalone Lando project. So it hasn't been announced that Donald Glover will be reprising the role, which would lead us or lead me anyways to assume that he won't be donning the armor, so to speak, or the cape. So, I mean, it's. <laughs> Not not overly excited for it. It was cool to see Donald Glover portray this character in Solo. I thought he was amazing in that movie. If it's him coming back to it, I'd be a little more excited. But I don't really know what kind of stories are going to be able to tell. Like him, his rise in the um, bureaucracy of Cloud City. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on Lando? I don't know, man, honestly, because like you said, it's weird to me that they would have announced this show with a character that we've already seen a couple of different versions of um, without giving us any more details than that. You know, like we don't know when it's happening. So is it going to be the Billy D version of the character? Is it going to be Billy D. Williams who's acting as him or is he going to be recast? Is it going to be Donald Glover coming back? Like, um for me as an actor, I know I wouldn't want to step into those shoes after Donald Glover, especially because he did a good job with, with the role. So, I mean, recasting that character a third time, nah, not about it. But we'll see. I mean, I don't think that, again, I don't think that they would do this show just to be like, hey, we have uh, Donald Glover uh, who kind of did a great job with this. Let's take that and put a new spin on it. I certainly hope that that's not what they're thinking. Um, but you know yeah. what? At the same time... Um, I'm kind of hoping to see maybe the Millennium Falcon come back if they go before um, the events of Solo, because he does have it at that time. That would be cool. It's one of the coolest ships in Star Wars. It's got a lot of history. Um, So that would be cool as well. But I really don't have high expectations for it, especially because it's so far down the line and we don't really know much yet. Um, We'll kind of just have to wait and see how that one uh, cooks. Yeah, Kent, I agree with everything you said, Derek um, and Eric. Um... I just want like the show. The show creators obviously pick Lando for a reason. They could have chosen another dozens of characters, so they obviously have an idea. And I just got to put my faith in them. And I will be watching it day one, like any Star Wars, yeah. Star Wars anything basically. So I'm excited. Yeah, agreed. Which that's a dangerous statement you just made there, in the sense that I don't know if Disney is kind of just saying, you know. We know now Star Wars is a winner. It's been a winner. People will watch it regardless of what it is. I really hope that's not what this becomes because that will, you know, 
kill it for me. Dilute, yeah. Yeah, like, because they're going to start pumping up so much stuff. If it's not, you know, of good quality, then every time one of them fails, it'll make the last, the next one, um, you know, less exciting. Outside of those three mm-hmm. shows with, you know, the Acolyte, uh, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, for the other shows, those ones could be completely hit or miss. And if there are misses, then it's just going to make those other ones, you know, going to be less excited for them for sure so they have to be very careful with that i see it's like uh those those the shows that like rangers could be like a thor number two or lando (laughs) could be like a captain like you know like comparing to the marvel universe we could yeah anyways i see what you're saying don't flood the market yeah. The Acolyte could be like a Gardens of the Galaxy. No one really had high mm-hmm. expectations. No, no one yes. really knew Good. anything about them. Yeah. But Well said. Right? Thank yeah. you. The sleeper. Great comparison. Yeah. Thanks. I thought you were <laughs> going to say that in a bad way. I was like, don't you talk bad about the Acolyte. Don't you do that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Of course not. Like, going into Gardens of the Galaxy, yeah. like, the first time I saw the trailer, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I couldn't be- <laughs> like, I couldn't believe this was getting produced. And then it turns out to be one of the... Like, at the time, Gardens of the Galaxy was one of the best Marvel movies That's in 2014. True. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Like, top five in my books at that point. Yeah. Maybe not top five, but I, you know, I'd say right uh, now I'd say I can safely though. in 2014. I don't know. I'd have to look to see what came out, but for me, it's definitely still in the top 10. Like at this point still, like it's definitely a great movie. Okay. Um, I'm not taking away from that. And if it ends up performing similarly to how guardians did, then good on you. Like I'm, I'm pumped for that. Guardians yeah. was great. So let's do it. Yeah. I mean, that was a good rundown on what's to come what has come and uh, yeah just star wars i think is in good hands but like you said my derek it, it could it has potential and maybe i don't know escalate to a point where they roll out so many shows and a lot of them are misses but i think that they've learned from the sequel trilogy and they're they're going to carefully plan out all their moves and they won't release any series that they don't feel 100% com- confident in so i think they're all going to be good i hope anyways like I love Star Wars, and I don't want them its legacy to be tampered by these projects that don't have the same hype that others do, like Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, Book of Boba Fett, like Arrange of the New Republic, and all those ones there. But I think they'll be done correctly. So Worst-case scenario with the Lando show, if they can't get uh, Donald Glover signed back on, maybe they do attempt to recast the character. Maybe they do film a pilot, but then they just say, you know what, this is trash, and just cancel it. I'd be okay with that too. You know, I wouldn't be That's super true. disappointed to not see it happen. Um, shows have gotten shows have gotten canceled. Um, you know, after the pilot was filmed, in, in many occasions we saw that with uh, uh, Game of Thrones spinoff, and even the Game of Thrones pilot itself. Like they shelved it for a time because the pilot was terrible when they first filmed it, and they even recasted some actors. So, hopefully, that uh, Disney Studios does decide to. Uh, have that kind of insight and say, you know what, maybe this isn't the best idea. Let's get rid of this or, or fix it at least, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. And my, my final, like TV in the last 20 years, I don't like, if you guys just look has evolved so much, like it used to be really like looked down at. And now like all these A-list actors are going on these TV shows and basically the production value of TV has improved immensely. And star Wars is the perfect format for like a TV show. 
or TV show is a perfect star- format for Star Wars because we can expand more on the story and give a lot of details. Star Wars, there's so many details. We need to like know all of them. So just TV is becoming a better medium to present great ideas. So it just fits well with Star Wars. And I can't wait to watch these amazing shows. Super yeah. well said, man. That's actually why I've taken a back seat in auditioning for movies. I'm actually taking my talents to the TV show game. <laughs> but um, yeah, boys, great discussion. And uh, Derek, as per usual, five for five, absolutely mm-hmm. killed it. Love hearing you talk about Star Wars. I know, like that's your um, like the force is strong with you. Like I said at the beginning. So, um, any final notes for the listeners? You know what? The biggest thing to take away from what's going on with Star Wars now is that. The future is bright. You know, they do have the opportunity to mess a couple of things up. But in the grand scheme of things, the the A-list products, if you will, that are coming out are sure to be amazing. Um, so I think there's no better time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, and I'm just so looking forward to, to Star Wars becoming, you know, the thing in, in TV and movies again. Um, it tends to take those breaks every now and then for like 10, 15 years sometimes, but now we're really going to get into it. We're going to start getting flooded with that great content. So, um, you know, Star Wars has been around for me for a very long time in my life and been important. Um, it's inspired me in, in a lot of my own works as well. So, um, I'll love Star Wars as long as it lives for sure. So uh, I just hope that everybody else can kind of share that and that Star Wars can be a good thing going forward and kind of drown out some of the more um, less pleasing things that are happening in the world. Gives people some escape um, and a way to just kind of relieve themselves from from their their daily stresses and stuff. And I know that that's what it does for me. Waking up on those Friday mornings and watching Mando was definitely a high point for me during this pandemic. Um, Obviously other things as well, but that was something that I always enjoyed and looked forward to. So now that it's going to be a steady stream, um, it's nothing but good things and I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I hope that everybody else does enjoy it as well. Great parting words. And I echo everything you said, especially watching Mando on Friday mornings. Like, that was a ritual as well. (laughs) Great stuff. And looking forward to having more Star Wars or Disney content, especially coming every Friday morning. Matt, uh, any final notes for the listeners? Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. And I'd like to thank Derek for another amazing job. I, I love hearing people talk about their, like, when they're passionate about something. I, like, I, I... it's truly just, it's, it's super enjoyable to listen to. And uh, we're definitely going to like, I'd love to have you back on to talk more Star Wars or any other, you know, stuff that we all uh, know and love. So, and uh, lastly, just everyone like stay tough out there. I know it's mentally hard right now, but just, it will get better eventually. And may the force be with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks a lot, everybody for listening. Thanks a lot, Derek, for joining us. Matt killed it as per usual. Stay safe, everybody. Take time for yourself. Watch some TV. Like, Don't stress too much about everything that's out of your control right now. So, yeah, I love you all. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. And, yeah, peace.